Welcome to Spawn Bifter Talks Podcast. I'm disability lifestyle influencer Diamond. I'm here to share the real life stories of Spawn Bifter Warriors. Spawn Bifter is not always portrayed or talked about in the media the right and real way. So I'll be sharing my Spawn Bifter story, experiences, important topics related to Spawn Bifter and disability, interview my friends with Spawn Bifter and other Spawn Bifter Warriors to share with the world what life is truly like with Spawn Bifter with one story at a time. Hey guys, welcome to Spine Bifida Talks. I'm disability lifestyle influencer Diamond. I'm here to share the real life stories of Spine Bifida Warriors. And on today's episode, I talk with Dora Shea. She is 21 years old with Spine Bifida Myelopeningocele from the UK. She's a disability rights activist, influencer, and YouTuber. On her channel, she educates and brings awareness on physical disabilities and what's it like living with a physical disability while trying to bring about change of perception of people that are living with physical disabilities. She shares how the doctors in the Middle Eastern were not educated on spina bifida when she was born and how she did not receive the proper education she deserved when she was placed in a school for mentally challenged students and her goals as a disability rights activist influencer. Here's Dorshea's Spina Bifida story. When I was uh, when I was born, well before I was born, my mum actually had no idea that she would have a child who has Spina Bifida, um, and she 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 literally had no idea. And it's all due to the underdeveloped country that we're in, um, and just the doctors obviously not being that. Um, developed in their skill I guess you know I'm not really sure but the the country that I was born in in the Middle East is very underdeveloped leaving um, my mum unsure with the child that she was going to have so she was completely unaware that I was going to have a a disability so she um, was told that she's gonna have a healthy looking baby and she even got told that um, she'll have a boy, which not only did they get the whole thing wrong, but they even got my gender wrong. Um, wow. Yeah, like that just shows you how how just not good they are with th- their medical, um, just what they do medically, I guess. So, you know, I'm not really good with the right terminology and stuff, so I'm just going to say like what, what I think but um, yeah so when she ended up giving birth to me it was actually a shock because she did not know that I would be you know not a very not a normal um, looking baby and I was born with both of my legs above my head so as soon as she saw that she could tell that one I was not a boy and two I am not your average baby. And then she knew from there. Wow. So that was such a surprise to her and, you know, just went a different way for her. So, yeah, that's definitely understandable how uneducated on spina bifida the doctors could yeah. be back when you were born. So, yep. Yeah. 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 So what was your mom's outlook on you having spina bifida once you were born? Um, so because obviously she wasn't expecting it at all. And then 
to see that her child isn't healthy obviously not it not in what you would call a normal baby whatever normal is but uh she obviously for any mother that would be a massive massive shock and she was in in very much in disbelief so she, her instant reaction was to cover me up from everyone else and just wrap me up um and cradle me and just really just let it sink in that her child is somewhat deformed you know so um it was very difficult i can't imagine how it would have felt for my mum but she just had to then uh learn to live and adapt with the the child that she she was given and the other thing to add up to everything that's she that she's been through she was then told that she should not get attached to me because it will not be long until i do not survive uh very long so that again is very difficult for a mother to hear yeah it is so she was told that you wouldn't survive being having spina bifida yes that i will i will not get past the age of five because of my spina bifida wow so how did the rest of your family react when hearing the news that you were born with spina bifida i'm the the eldest one so i'm born obviously i was born first so it was my mum and my dad who uh had had to deal with knowing that i am born with spina bifida and obviously as not like as hard as it is to say they wouldn't have been the happiest because obviously they've been preparing for a normal healthy boy <laughs> and that's yeah. definitely not what i am so they it completely changed their lives obviously they were in and out of hospital with my spine constantly being needed to be operated on and it just wasn't easy for them in the time that i i was growing up and obviously being told that they're on some lim- you know t- limited time because obviously me not surviving past the age of 5 obviously that then really pushed them on to um worrying about doing as much as they can to to keep me alive and try and defeat the what the doctors have, are saying and to get me to be living for as long as possible yeah definitely so with spina bifida comes other medical conditions. What other medical conditions do you have? So I'm a very rare case because a lot of um, people that have my my condition of spina bifida, uh, which brings uh, the shunt to, to the brain that they have attached, which I, because of uh, over flowing um water in the in the brain i don't have it so they they still wanted to somehow um connect like uh what is it the like a bag to like my side and stuff for like to for urine and and all that which i don't actually need 
and they just tried to make me more ill than I actually was like adding all these things to my body that I didn't need and I'm very grateful for my mum who even not even knowing anything about spina bifida she kept saying no 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 not allowing anything to be done and the only thing obviously that had to be done was the surgery the major surgery on my back because the hole in my back had to obviously be stitched up it's normal if you if that makes sense oh okay yeah yeah so with your siblings what was it like for you growing up with your disability with your siblings um, I I grew up as a very normal kid, really, with my siblings. You know, very energetic. I never really saw myself as different to my siblings. I'd play around with them, crawl around. Obviously, I couldn't run or walk, so I'd spend my time running, uh, crawling around with them, and just yeah, just being a normal, normal child and. I never really felt any different to them um, until, I guess, getting older when you start to realise that you are different and you can't walk. So as you got older from being born with spina bifida, what milestones helped your parents to realise that you were going to be okay with having spina bifida? That's a good question. I, I mean, with the fact that I never really saw my disability, it never really occurred to me I'd I'd be just like everyone else I'd do everything and really not care about anyone or anything especially as a kid so that made that gave them some sort of encouragement to think oh she's she's okay but at the same time I, my mum does tell me that she did have a feeling within deep down that that will one day change and the older that I become the more I will be aware of my disability and and the more that I will be less um carefree and and free-spirited you know well that's great yeah so she believed in you and knew like okay my baby's gonna be okay despite what the doctors are saying yes yep so when when you started school how was your school system accommodating to you with having a disability? Okay, so it's really complicated with the way that school was because before, so in the Middle East growing up, I I did go to a school. I really can't remember whether it was a special needs school or it was just a mainstream school. Um, Mm -hmm. But I remember just going to school and and studying and and just normal school stuff. But then when we moved to the UK, um, and obviously I was a little bit older, it was really, really difficult because I was put into a mainstream school. No, sorry, a, a special needs school. And... It was for really mentally disabled individuals who had, uh, I, I, none of them really had a just purely physical impairment. It was mentally, and mm-hmm. it made it made it very difficult for me because obviously 
it was just my body that I mean my legs it's not even the rest like it's just like my lower part my legs not working so being in going to a, a school that is more for people who um are mentally um with, with a mental disability it was it was really difficult and I feel like it's really affected me in my life now because I haven't gone to a mainstream school to learn the basics and foundations and and just a proper education I feel like I in a way kind of been wronged like my education education has been taken away the education system's taken that away from me just because I was seen as someone with a disability and they didn't didn't see anything past that and I was put in a place that did wasn't right for me where I was mentally capable and I was never put in a place to be able to um, learn in the proper and the way that I can which has now affected me for the rest of my life because I haven't been able to learn the foundations and I haven't had that proper education that every other able person has I haven't had that wow so was that from elementary school up to high school even yes it was wow yeah, I know how difficult that could be to, you know, not have the same opportunity or a better fitting opportunity to learn for you. Honestly, like, it, when I think about it, it it's very difficult because it's one part of my life that I will never get back. And the hardship that I had to go through academically because can you can you just imagine for like one second from spending all of your primary years and um, up to like 11 years old in a school that doesn't mentally challenge you and then making the decision to leave to go to a mainstream school and then it's a secondary school so then it's um all the foundations and everything that you've learned in, in primary it is now all advanced and you're just adding to the foundation skills that you already have. And then you're getting chucked into the deep end, having no foundations whatsoever, slowing down your education and mentally making it difficult for you to even pick up anything because you're going from picking up something so foreign to you to then having to be thrown into like school exams and try trying to learn things that everyone ha- else has learned years before you. Yeah, that that just sounds horrible. And your the school system just weren't so accommodating. They were just putting you know everyone with a disability in the same school yeah. when yeah. there's yeah. differences. Yep, yeah. exactly. I I. I massively feel like I have had the education system fail me big time. Wow. So as you've gotten older and maybe like into your teen years, what was it like for you to want to like experience like dating? So I, I've never really felt like that. I haven't, I haven't felt like I'm ready to date or ever 
really thought about it. I mean, I've had like experiences in school with, you know, just little little girl things where, you know, like, oh, maybe this guy likes me, maybe whatever. And then it's it's put me off um, when I was little because guys weren't so kind and they, I would always get the whole thing of, oh, you're in a wheelchair, like no one would ever want you. And I had that from a very young age. So me being me, that hit me really hard. Uh, You know, being someone who's trying to find their place in the world, who's trying to be a part of something and to feel like everyone else, and especially us as females and younger girls, we we are thrown into straight away knowing that looks are very important like supposed to be very important and we need to look like this for guys to like us blah 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 and because I'd been hit with a few guys back in school you know primary years telling me that I would never be wanted because I'm in a wheelchair it had I guess it had like a psychological mental negative effect which kind of like shut me off completely you know? Well, that just goes to show how, you know, uneducated people are on, you know, people with disabilities. Like, we're able to be loved just like the next person, and we deserve it also. Exactly. We do, and, and we do deserve it, and we do deserve everything that everyone else does. And And it just goes to show that what affects the words of other people who think that we aren't deserving, and when they put what they think on us then it affects us mentally and it it just it's not it's it's not a good effect that it has on us and it's just showing people that they need to be careful on what they say to other people because if it's just something that is just a word to you it could literally change everyone's a person's whole outlook on life and completely ruin the way they think of things yeah it sure can indeed what age did you start to understand your own disability and do your own research on it? Um, I think I started. I think I started quite late. Uh, I think I started at around maybe like eighteen, nineteen. I I genuinely started quite late, just because I I don't know why. I just being young, I didn't because I was so young and I didn't see myself as so different that I didn't feel the need to have to search up anything about my disability but as I got older and wiser and understood my my disability I started getting curious about what it means to have spina bifida what what the whole condition is all about and just learning from then so yeah I started I started quite late Wow. Yeah, I find that, you know, we all have our different times that we, you know, Mm. decide that we're ready to learn and we have questions about our disability. So it can, you know, range from different ages. Exactly. And I think it can it can also range from our experiences, because I think it depends on an individual. And I think that I started questioning and wanting to know about my disability after people making me feel like I was different, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. So if I didn't feel different, I don't think, 
if I wasn't made to be feeling different, I don't think I would have. Well, no, because even then, when you grow up and you you wise up as well, you you just become more curious and you want to do what you can to help and to learn what you have as a condition. So I think it's just it's just a, a matter of getting older and and becoming wiser and wanting to become more curious about what you have. Yes. What yeah. goals as far as independence do you want to accomplish as you get older? So I think my absolute main focus now, like what I'm dedicating myself to is to make that change so that everything that I've been in my in my life as someone with a disability that other young kids don't have to go through. And it's just going out of my way and making that change bringing that disability awareness for people in wheelchairs because obviously I'm in a wheelchair so I can only speak for myself but at the same time to talk about disabilities as a whole because I think disability is something that is not talked about it is not portrayed rightly in the media and it is for someone like for someone who has a disability and they it's for them to want to educate people I want to let them know what it is to have a disability and that we don't need to be portrayed in a negative and incapable and fragile light and because it's so we are such a minor well not even minor group because there's a lot of us there but it's such a subject that nobody wants to talk about and is afraid to speak about disabilities that we need to highlight it and get rid of that stigma those misconceptions and stereotypes that people have of disability need to be removed so that people can see us for who we are and for our strength and our power and how capable we are and how we are the complete opposite of what the media likes to show us as so I'm going to do all that I can to make a change to that for my people and for myself and for us to have a better world that is accepting, that does have an education system that is good for us and that is accepting to all of us and is accommodating most of all for us and everyone else so that we can live with everyone else on the planet and not have to worry about access issues and, and all that. Yes, that's a great goal. And the more people that do it with disabilities like myself, the more we can bring about change for it. Exactly. The more that more people like me and yourself can bring that awareness and using our YouTube channels to bring that out and get as much of the world to see what we are trying to fight for. And the more people that it spreads to, I think that's the main thing. And even if it's just one person, that one person can bring another person and then before we know it there are more people are more aware of what people like us are and how powerful and strong and we don't need the pity and the negativity that people like to put on disability yes what do you like to do for fun um (laughs) um i guess i don't i don't really do anything that's that's fun apart from you know, I'm very all about goals and I, I always have these aims and 
you, you know, making YouTube content and trying to do all these things, which I find fun. I Like what I do is, is fun to me to be able to make things that are going to help people understand and get education about disabilities. But I think if it, if it was like me trying to really completely just shut down and just get away from things, it could, it's just literally going to the gym just to clear my head. I love the gym. It's the place that I feel that listens to me. It's where I could get my frustrations out of the world in the gym. Um, and I guess, you know, I'm a very girly girl. So I do love my makeup and doing makeup looks and going shopping, m- watching movies. I love to read as well. So uh, those those are my main fun things, I guess. Yes, those are great things, and your makeup is always wonderful. I love seeing the different makeup looks you do. <laughs> You're very sweet, girl. I mean, hopefully one day we can meet in person and I can glam you up even more than you already are. Yes, I will so let you. <laughs> well, you better. I mean, come on, you can't say no to makeup. Get all those fleeky brows and that highlight popping. <laughs> <laughs> So what inspired you to start your YouTube channel and what goals do you have for it going forward in the future? So it, I started my YouTube channel right after a really, really dark time where I just felt like I couldn't deal. I felt like the world just got too much. I felt like I wasn't being accepted. Nothing felt like it accommodated for people like myself. And... I really, really had to get myself out of the dark, dark place that I was in. And I just had that moment of light, just just basically think to myself, right, I've had enough. This is it. I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and cry about my life. Like I need to do something and I need to make I need to do something big. So my change was to my idea was to make that change and make everything that I've been through or the pain or all every everything that I've had in my life that has shaped me and made me the way I am just to go and make a YouTube channel to bring that awareness out there to change the world's perception of disability to make people see that we are not what they think we are we are not incapable fragile and we are the complete opposite we're powerful we've got goals we've got dreams I got tired of not being able to find a job I got tired of not being seen as worthy of having a normal life being able to have a job that I loved doing in the beauty industry and I think the beauty industry is very 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 difficult because it is very perfection centered and it I feel like it didn't accept me so I then just decided to let what I'm be what I've gone through and what I'm suffering with because there are other people they are I, I thought to myself it can't just be me who's having this happen to them there are other people and I'm hating this feeling and I know that there are other people having this feeling like me 
and no one is there speaking for us. You go on social media, you go on Instagram, YouTube, you've got all these perfect looking people, all these just false impressions of, of what life really is. And it's really lacking for people like me and you. We, we don't have anyone representing us. We don't have anyone talking about us. We don't have the platform that, I mean, we do now, like thankfully with social media, we do actually have the platform to be able to go out there and make, and spread our, our word, but we don't have that, um, you know, we, we don't have anyone representing us. We don't have anyone letting people know that we exist and we are strong and that we are worthy of getting a job. So I wanted, I want to take it upon myself to be able to be that change, to show that what is going on and to let people know that it is not fair and we are humans just like everyone else and we deserve to be noticed. We deserve to have a chance at work and a normal life just like every other person in the world yes definitely yes because it can be difficult for people with disabilities to obtain jobs so we have to be creative and create our own jobs you know that's exactly what we've got to do but create our own jobs in what we're passionate in and not let society tell us that we are not good enough or not beautiful enough, that we can create what we love in our own way. And if we can get people to see it, then that is even better. Yes, yes. When it comes to your identity with Spina Bifida, how do you identify yourself when it comes to person first versus identity first? I'm, I'm very much a person that I, yes, I'd have a disability. Yes, you can see my disability, but look at what else I have, look at what else I'm good at, look at what else I can offer uh, rather than just looking at my disability and seeing that that is all that I am. Yeah, that's definitely what I think also. You know, there's more to a person than just how they were born, their disability, you know, one characteristic about them because there's more than one thing that makes us who we are. A thousand percent. Our disability is a part of us and we need to embrace and love that part of us and accept it. Acceptance is the biggest thing, but it is not all. That is all. That is what we are. That's not everything. There are, we are human beings. We have goals. We have ambitions. We have skills, talents. We have so much that comes with us rather than just our disabilities. What word would you use to describe your life living with spina bifida and why is that for you? Oh, that's a that's a different one. Um I mean I'm grateful for my spina bifida because it makes me stand out. It gives me that ability to stand out from anyone else. I don't have to do or say or do anything. You can already see it and that makes me stand out, which I think is a gift because it is a gift to stand out and be seen so that you can go out there and stand for what you believe and to show that you stand out in a positive way that is to teach and educate everyone around you and to change 
mindsets and perceptions of what something that people see as a negative why it is not a negative and what is a positive about it and how you can make that be even more positive by making change yes that's a great word to use and such a you know a powerful thing to do because we must see ourselves you know in a positive light instead of a negative light which is what the world tries to you know tell us exactly the the world i feel and so many feel that it wants us to be seen or it's not even do you know what it's not even to be seen in that way it's because it's not being seen to them that we're not being advertised on social like on tv like it don't get me wrong it's so much better than it was before but we are not there to be seen for everyone to get into grips and to be more familiarized with it they're not seeing it and it's not becoming a norm to them because it's not there so once that is no longer an issue and they get getting you, you know they're, they're seeing people with disabilities they're seeing people of different race disability body shapes and disabilities being included with with the rest of all the other diversities then that is where the change is going to happen. So we can't really blame anyone else for not knowing how to handle or how to see us because the media is portraying us in a, a weak way and it's not showing us for who we are. If if we were shown in the, the way that how we are so dedicated to, you know, making change and how ambitious and powerful and how we've overcome so much and, and how strong we are, then people are going to see us that way. But because they're not seeing that, how are they how are they going to see us in any other light rather than a negative light? Yes, there's definitely room for improvement. And, you know, we still have a long way to go. But as far as, you know, coming together and talking about it and thinking of ways that we can make these changes happen, you know, it'll eventually get there. Exactly. The more, the more we talk about it, the more that we are discussing it and 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 coming together and making changes then that's how we are going to see the change by being the change do you ever get approached in public about your disability yeah all the time all the time wow what what are those experiences like they vary to be honest i mean Sometimes they're positive and sometimes they're negative. And when I say negative, it's just people being, again, naive and not being around it. So, um, it, yeah, but when people aren't, be, aren't seeing it and they feel like they have a need to understand and sometimes the way they try and understand you can come across as if it's patronising or rude and... I've got, I'm at a point now where I don't take anything to heart and I understand why they feel the way that they do when they do see me because they don't know or have seen someone like me before. Yeah, um, I get a, I get approached in public all the time and, you know, some experiences are good, most are bad, but, you know, we just got to keep moving forward and, you know, 
educating and bringing awareness to our disability so those experiences can become better experiences. Yes, exactly. The more the more we can be more positive about it and be happy to make that change, then the more positive outcome we'll get. How do you feel when the media uses words like suffering, fighting, or battling with our disability? Yeah, that's I that really, really angers me when I hear it because we are not suffering, we are not battling. This is who we are and it is a part of us. And it and it doesn't need to be put in a way that we have something that is so tragic and that we're overcoming it and because it's it's not it's not a bad word it's not it's not a bad thing to have a disability so when the media makes it sound like we're suffering or that's where that's where the pity comes that's where the sympathy comes in because people are seeing it as something that we are needing to overcome and it's and it, and it couldn't be further from the truth it's something that is a part of who we are it makes us who we are and it's something that we are learning to live with because it's us you know yes what yeah. would you tell a young girl or boy growing up with spina bifida um i would really just say what others opinion and vision of what you should be or who you should be in your life is nothing their opinion of your life and how they see you should never ever ever even come close to never let it get into your heart because people's assumptions for who you should be aren't for them to think it's who you want to be you have that decision to be who you want to be you are capable to, of doing anything in the world and to never let anyone assume that for you and it's, it's on you to just achieve your goals and people that are close-minded to seeing you as something that isn't going to be anything just because you've got a disability is incorrect and never let anyone think that you um Never let anyone think that they're, no, sorry. Let, never let anyone's impact of what they think you will be affect you. They can have their opinion and that is fair enough. If you don't think I'm capable, that is fair enough. But don't let it get into you because the minute you let it into your heart and you follow their words, then you, are, you will forever see yourself in the way that they see you. And that is not what you want to do. You want to see yourself as being unstoppable and doing what, no one can do and just having belief in yourself yes those are very powerful words what do you want people to know and understand about spina bifida i want people to know that spina bifida does not mean that you are mentally incapable of being a normal human being who deserves to have everything who deserves to have everything that everyone else is getting and to just deserve the the respect and and the sense of that we are a human being we are 
no different to anyone else. Everyone is individual. We're all different in our own different ways, but we are still people. And our disability doesn't mean that we are incapable or, yeah, that we're incapable of doing anything. We just need to do things in our own different way. We are still doing what you are doing. We are just doing it in a way that is suited to us. We may be a little bit slower at it, may take us longer, but we are still doing it. I want to say thank you to Doa for joining me on today's episode of Spine Bifida Talks. You can follow Doa on Instagram at doa.shea, on Twitter at Doa Shea, and her YouTube channel, Doa Shea. And you can follow me on Instagram at Diamond in the Rough with two Ds, my Twitter, Diamond188 with two Ds, and my YouTube channel, Diamond in the Rough. Having a disability is hard, but it is something to be grateful for because it teaches us so much and it shows us what we really are capable of. And when we are grateful, fear disappears and abundance appears. Abundance of self-love, self-appreciation, abundance of positivity, abundance of support, abundance of change, abundance of power. Thank you all for listening and I will see you all on the next episode of Spine Bifida Talks.